This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered, none accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk I back it up. And we are chock full of that, man. Damn right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line. Just Stone Cold said so. If you're going to blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. Oh, it was real on Saturday at the Cotton Bowl, and not in a good way for the Longhorns. The scoreboard said Oklahoma 34, Texas 27, a seven-point loss for Tom Herman and company, but it certainly did not feel that way, and we will break it all down here on this edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howell. Let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Doing pretty well. Yourself? Uh, ready to dive head first into this, and uh, a man who's always ready for some Texas OU talk. Lifetime Longhorn, 2002 UT All-American, 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award, fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants in 2003, spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and here with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas in the 40 acres where he earned his degree. Whenever that T-ring comes back in, he will wear it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU. And when you get that All-American honor recognized by the NCAA, you get that black card. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. And, Thanks for uh, the intro, brother. Rod, As always. I don't really know where to start with this. Uh, before we dive into the numbers, just a generalization. Okay. There's two ways you can look at this game. One is the glass half full view and the glass half empty view. Hint, I think most of you listening to this are taking the glass half empty view, but bear with me for a second. (laughs) The glass half full view is Texas lost a seven-point game to the number now five team in the country uh, that looks like they're one of the better teams in the country with a much improved defense. Uh, And as bad as Texas played, they had a chance to win it in regulation. And this is still a Texas program that's – in a decade where we've talked about rebuilding and state of growth and yada, 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 and you know Texas is two years removed from a seven-win season under Tom Herman and last year nine regular season wins and played for the Big 12 title and won the Sugar Bowl, all that stuff. So you can certainly see it that way. I'm with the group, Rod, that looks the glass half empty and says, above all else, <laughs> above all else, the one thing under Tom Herman that you've been able to count on in big games is that they will be prepared and they will be physical. Yeah. So two things we've come to count on from Texas. And without question, the two things I can say about Saturday, they were not prepared and they were not physical. I agree that to things. me is where yeah. we could talk about missed tackles and missed opportunities 
in the downfield passing game and all the other stuff. But for me, that is the most disappointing aspect of Saturday. And that's why it was a seven-point loss that, to me, watching it from inside the stadium, it felt like a 27-point loss. I agree with that. It felt like uh, Oklahoma. This, this is why I said on the post game, we talk about how that game is about momentum in a lot of ways. I can't remember a stretch where Texas had the momentum for longer than maybe two, three minutes. Maybe, maybe in the third quarter when I, you sort of started maybe, moving the ball. Can you think of, I, I, I can't think of a stretch where they had it. You know what I mean? They definitely didn't have it on a back-to-back series. No, because they or defensively. and then have to give the ball back. Yeah, or, or special teams would do something bad, back. and then yeah. you would get deep into your own territory. It was just like how you talked about you, you know? your pick six in that and game. How, and yes, how exactly, yeah, exactly. The momentum was nullified after my pick six. Hate to keep bringing that up, but you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I get the, No, it is. I, get, I got the pick six. We go up 14-3. They immediately return the kickoff deep in our territory. Then they score a touchdown. They make it 14. Uh, I think it made it 14-9. Feeney mm-hmm. actually goes for two points, all right, because mm-hmm. Bob Stoops understands, no, no, we want to kill that momentum. We want to squash it. I want to go, I want to shoot it dead, bury it in the backyard so that Texas that fans don't even remember that. And we didn't. After the two-point conversion, that was, it was basically it. It was back to business. And we never really got a chance to feast off that momentum in the game. Texas never had momentum for more than one, I don't even know if they had it for a, a complete drive. Because during, even during a drive, maybe there was Sean Johnson run. That's that the drive. one But time it was just because where, of that big yeah. play. It was a 50, what, 57-yard play. I don't know yeah. if you had momentum. You just got a big play, and then you were able to punch it in. So I just don't know if they ever were able to have the momentum. Going to your point, it always felt like it was Oklahoma's game. There, Even it, though it was 10-3 at halftime, and it was still 2017 at fourth quarter. There was a point where that game was up for grabs. It was there for the taking. And Even though you played that's like it. you played like you know, I mean, there was no momentum. The it was there for the taking, and still you didn't go take it. Oklahoma went and took it. That was a disappointing thing. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I was like twenty seventeen. I was like, I was like, man, we got a shot. Yeah, we, we've been playing really, because really bad, the, and we where, still got a shot. Where I thought Texas had a chance to grab it, and I'm not saying anything that's outside the box in terms of football talk, but. They, they're driving, and they get the field goal right before, even though that offensive series was a clunky drive. Yeah. Cameron Dicker connects on the field goal, and you're thinking, as bad as that first half was, it was awful in pretty much every phase of the it game. It was. It was pretty bad. It's 10-3, and you get the ball back to start the second half. Yeah. To your point, Rod, to me it wasn't momentum, but it's like, okay, this game's there for the taking. Like, go go take it. Go take it. Because so normally you're used to oh, you putting the foot on the throat in those situations. Trust and you me. I remember. It out of, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you make mistakes, everything's mm-hmm. exacerbated mm-hmm. in that game, right? Everything is blown. Everything is taken to the extreme in that game. So I'm, I'm, But you know what? That goes to OU, too. When do they make their mistakes? In the red zone. Yeah. In the worst possible yeah. offensive situation, you made the worst possible decision. So, yeah, it was. I was shocked that Texas didn't go out and try to, you know, either with, the game plan or a tactical change or even with the leaders and the captains on the team to say, this is Texas OU, and it's here for the taking. Guys, it's here for the taking in the fourth quarter. Uh, I never saw anybody make that initiative to go out and take that game, whether it be the coaches or the players. They didn't want it bad enough, unfortunately. And that's where the sort of one thing we've talked about the last few years that Texas has lacked and has also been poor at stopping is explosive plays and the explosivity. And even though Texas was able to get the stops, whenever you forced OU to go and make a long drive, you could see that, well, if you do it 10 times, we may stop them in the red zone. We may do something. But what beats Texas, 
a couple big explosive plays. Now, were some of them maybe because you missed the tackles yourselves or some were schemed wide open, some were just because Jalen Hurts identified man coverage and didn't have a spy and would run and take off. Thing was is Texas lacks explosivity, so in those few plays whenever you have a chance, they get a big score. They get seven points rewarded from it. Texas is fighting hard all game long, yeah. gets stops, keeps you close, but you drop the pass, say Colin Johnson could have busted for an 85-yard touch down or like, like the Brennan Eagles yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. so the ideas and the areas for explosivity those were there weren't capitalized by Texas while they were for Oklahoma and it was only because Oklahoma over time was able to move the ball but you Texas made a few plays on defense just wasn't enough you can't do that if you aren't going to be able to get both ends to support one another it had been the offense supporting the defense for most of the year now the defense helps support the offense in this game yeah, no, the defense, in my opinion, I know people will criticize the defense too, but I thought the defense good. kept you in the game for three quarters. And I think the dam broke, as inevitably it will, against to. a top what, top two, top three offense in college football. Two players you can, beat when you, you. When you can keep the best offense arguably in college football to 10 points at halftime, mm-hmm. honestly, I, I can't say you hadn't done your job. Now, I know it, it was ugly and it was unconventional and unorthodox, and people were like, man, you know, he should have did this and the missed tackles, and we'll get into all that. But, man, in terms of just the points on the board, dude, 10 points? And you know under I mean? man and 20, defense. 20 going into the fourth? That's Tom Herman. That's on Tom Herman and the offense, man. Y'all got to – Y'all, I always say playing with playing as a defensive player, playing with a lead, it's different as a defense playing with a lead when Simmons are playing at a deficit. Yeah. I always compare it to a confidence issue. It's like going out and hitting on women uh, with uh, on payday as opposed to hitting on a woman when you broke. It's a mm-hmm. di- you're a different pe- you're a different person, and you, I think you play differently when you have a lead. And they you know they were playing with desperation. And hell, if honestly, if Deshaun Jameson gets that other interception. It may be a totally an entirely different game yep. because the stats are that when Todd Orlando's defense get three they get three turnovers, they're undefeated with Tom Herman. They're eighteen and zero. You know what I mean? Like you, you, I'm not saying that that would be the case, but that's how drastic and dramatic those turnovers in the red zone were. So it's you just that I mean? momentum shift. It's it's oh man, it was huge yeah. for them to get zero points. Think about the Te- Texas LSU game. We got zero points of those two red zone opportunities. That's mm-hmm. the game. Yeah. yeah, that's the game in a nutshell. You want to know what happened? That's the game. <laughs> yeah, I uh there's multiple ways we can go about this, but I want to start I want to start with the Texas offense, Rod. And I'm with you. I I'll be quite honest, and people can take this however they want, and I don't really care. I thought it was an arrogant game plan by the Texas staff. It's almost like the staff just came out and said, No, you know what? We're not even gonna worry about what Oklahoma's doing. As long as we do what we do, we'll be fine. And that had been the case. But what we we talked all offseason about this with Oklahoma's defense. Like, yes, their talent at safety is not what it should be at Oklahoma at a place like Oklahoma. And their corners, are they better? I don't know, but at least they're playing with confidence, which they weren't at any point last year. Yeah, Murray's confident. But they had talent in the front seven. Yeah. Defensively. Gallimore. Yeah. Neville Gallimore is a talented he's a freak athlete at nose. Ronnie Perkins is probably gonna play in the NFL. Kenneth Murray's probably gonna play in the NFL. And the what Alex Grinch did, it's nothing that complicated. Rod, what's one of my favorite sayings? Football is a simple game made complicated by simple men. Love that quote. Sometimes it's just the the it's like Occam's razor. The 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 best explanation is usually the the simplest, simplest explanation. Yeah, I know I just butchered Occam's razor, so it's forgive right. me for that. That's right, but, man. No worry about it. Um, you know, it's almost like oh, Alex Grinch went into this game and said, okay. If we try to play Texas straight up, 
we're going to get our face smashed in because this offensive line's good. And what's the one thing this offensive line's shown they don't do well? Don't handle pick-ups, movement very yeah, well. Which what twist. offensive line does handle movement very well? Yeah. Um, it's almost like saying a defense can't defend a dual-threat quarterback. Well, okay, tell me a defense that does yeah, good point. act properly defend a good dual-threat quarterback. Thank you for saying that because that's yeah. very hard to do. Right. Um. Well, you should try to keep a spy on them. Yeah. It would help. Anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll get to but that. I digress. We'll get to that. <laughs> I brought it up too. But it's <laughs> almost like Alex Rich said, okay, they're really good once they get locked onto you, but you can't hit the target if the target's constantly moving. Yeah. No, no. And, and Texas didn't adjust at all. Yep. And they used Kenneth Murray to spy Sam Ellinger, to shadow him and run stuff down in the alleys. And basically Oklahoma did everything Tom Herman said they were going to do. He said they. He said they're going to move a lot up front. Yep, Kenneth Murray's really athletic, and they use them in different ways. Yep. Their safeties, when they see run or they see screens, come screaming downhill down the alley. They did everything you said they were going to do, and you had no counterpunch. Yeah, at all. I agree, one hundred percent. And uh, I think uh, let me get props to Oklahoma and that defense. Though they were much improved. We said they were. Yeah. They were just. You know, I knew they were going to be better. Well, this was going to be the test for them. We were going to figure out how much better they were. Yeah, I didn't know they were going to be that much better. And I think, yes, I think they did give them a schematic advantage, um, you know, with the twists and the stunts and the loops, and that's something that Texas struggled with even versus LSU. And I think Alex Green saw it and he was like, oh, no, no, that's something that we can do. West Virginia watched that LSU yeah. film. But yeah. I, out of those nine sacks, I mean, and I think seven of them was like, were by different players, so it ain't no fun that my homies can't have none. They, everybody got in on that thing. <laughs> yep, Neville true. Gallimore had two of them, and they had, Ronnie, had one Ronnie team Perkins had like one and a half. I yeah, think. Neville had got, one yeah. that's worth two. Oh, he had one that was a spin move, <laughs> the, 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 the first one yeah. uh, on Shaq. That was a beautiful. That was a that, one that on one be an NFL highlight center. tape. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's I like counted in one mixtape. I only counted three ones that they got via the blitz. Most of them, man, it was just movement. It was just got, they, 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 they would they would send three or four, yeah. But they would they would send them on a loops, an X stunt or a twist, and that's how they would get guys kind of wide open. So at times there would be two guys on one. He still get a sack because they they the offensive line missed they missed passing off the defender yeah. and the and the and the pass rusher. So yeah, I think Herb Hand now they got to go back to work because now that has been that has been identified as a weakness of your O line. So now. Everybody's gonna do it. I mean, if you're you're stupid if you don't. And that's do it. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's not even, you don't have still, to. Have thank God, West Virginia didn't do enough of it. If West Virginia with the Steels brothers had done more of it. They probably well, would have. It's like you it. talked about with the defense last year at the Maryland game, right? If you don't have fly sweep in your playbook, put it in now. Put it in now. Can't stop yep. it. All right, right now, yeah. If you're Kansas, you're like, all right, man. Let's like practice our, our loops and our twist stunts. <laughs> <There you laughs> uh, but so, I, just, yeah. I just thought it was an arrogant game plan, Rod. I didn't see any adjustments. And well, we said that. I think about we said this about LSU. Mm-hmm. We came in here yep, they after up. the LSU game, and because you know it was a closer game, and you know it was earlier in the season, we were, and you were the one that brought up. You were like, I believe Tom Herman just said, you know what, I'm going to come in here and we're going to do what we do. We got a bread and butter, we got an identity, and we're going to beat them. Our guys are better than your guys. Almost using it as a test because we knew going into the Big Twelve, that's what mattered to Tom Herman. Exactly, going yeah. in the Big Twelve, so well, that was our theory. Things would change. Yeah, after that. we figured in the Big Twelve. <laughs> no, no, in the big games in the Big Twelve. Oh yeah, that's when he's going to break out. That's when he's going to see him get innovative, very creative. That's when you're going to see him drop in some wrinkles. And I think we have seen some of that, but for the most part. Going into that game, I thought early on, I thought he was doing like a rope a dope. I assumed he was setting Oklahoma up for something with the with the wide receiver screens and the very kind of simplistic route counts. I was like, oh, he's setting him up for so. Oh, dude, he's about to. I didn't too. Nothing. I, I was like, and, he's about to lay the counter on him as soon as he's sucker him in. And you know what? And it never came. I was like, what the? That the, was it? Yeah, but you know what else too? <laughs> I, I felt that watching the game. 
And then I went back and rewatched the game last night, which I never do, but that's it was one of those deals I just couldn't yeah, sleep. And I'm like, I'm just going to rewatch I've this game. I've watched it two times. And, I, and I'm listening to the broadcast. Joel Klatt's saying the same thing. He's like, <laughs> surely they're setting something <laughs> up. <laughs> you know they said something up? There's no way they went into the game plan thinking. Because my point is, okay, so you basically telling me, Tom Herman, you didn't have a plan in case they people could tackle Devin Duvernay. On the wide receiver screen, like just just in case they were really good at tackling that, you didn't have a counter, you didn't have the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, and then you know what? And I will say this: Is it fair? Would anything work when your offensive line is getting beat like that? But the screen pass worked. The one traditional mm-hmm. screen they ran yeah. in the second half got like 13 yards, and we've been screaming. You know what? They should run more of the traditional screen. We know yes. you love the wide receiver screen, but the tra- traditional screen when teams are use the screaming pass rush down against here, them, use their aggressiveness against. We saw only one of those, and that's why the Roshan Johnson <laughs> run popped, Rod. Exactly. Because when you're getting slants, what, what, what uh, an inside zone or a zone run game is perfect against that. Because guess up, what? Move if the play. running back reads it right oh my gosh the back i could drive a truck through the backside b gap it's wide open yeah and like somebody asked me in half like what do you think they should do i'm like i think they need to try to at least try to establish the run because they didn't try in the it first was a close half. game you can't say you were out of the game right. that's why you just at least try to see if you can run the ball <laughs> and then boom you popped it roshan johnson had 80 yards on two carries in the second half yeah yeah but you never best. really went back to it he was your best offensive player and, and here's look here's the thing i know everybody's gonna wonder why is roshan johnson not rb1 to me that's not the issue the issue offensively to me is why do you continue to run 11 personnel out there when 11 personnel is clearly at this point not your best personnel group? Like well, with, all, with all due respect to Cade Brewer, let me just get this point out right okay. and I'll let you know. Go ahead. This offense misses Andrew Beck. And we talked about the value of Andrew Beck is as a blocker because he's on a 53-man roster. Like he's, he's been an active NFL player this year, and the Broncos haven't been paying him to catch passes. Yep. He's on their roster because well, he's a blocker. Belichick brought him in first. Yes. Because <laughs> Belichick gave him a, blocking. Gave him a really big guaranteed contract <laughs> yeah. for an undrafted free agent. Yeah. I think it's the biggest one the Patriots gave out it, this year. It was, yeah. They just ended up, their fullbacks were good, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. But that's how good Andrew Beck was. And it's almost like they've taken Cade Brewer and say, like, okay, go be Andrew Beck. Okay, Cade Brewer's not Andrew Beck. Agreed. But at this point, Cade Brewer's not enough of an asset in the passing game to where you can say, okay, 11 personnel is your best grouping. If you'd like Keontae Ingram that much, and Tom Herman still does, Mm-hmm. Then start running more 20 personnel. 20 is a good personnel for him. Because honestly, Rod, right yeah. at this point, can you tell me that Cade Brewer is that much of a better blocker setting the edge than Keontae Ingram would be? Um, Tom Herman would argue yes. But can you tell no me question. he's significantly that much better? I don't No. I mean, I well, I, I think he probably is, but. It depends on how you want to use him. Yeah, it depends on how you want with no twenty personnel. You can use him. They'll be blocking you can't different split people. Them out wide yeah, they'll be blocking different people. You know, what I mean, he's blocking more defensive ends and. Well, and then he's still the three, even though he's not a receiving threat per se, as we perceive perce- receiving threats. He still splits out wide but and will run routes and consume. I'll the say this: the I agree Ingram with you in principle. I agree with you because you know I've said the ten personnel. They need to start using more of that too. And I think I used the two. Yeah, I don't think you should abandon. I think they used the two drives in the OU game maybe yeah i gotta go back and track it i think i, I, I remember it maybe see. at the t- during the two minute drill maybe. i'd have to rewatch it because I, I was looking yeah, for a lot of time i, I really remember it's kate it. brewer though yeah because it's uh, which I, even in the two minute situation i'm like hey two minute situation you gotta score quickly there's still like a 90 percent 11 personnel team yeah so i'm with you and it's nothing against kate brewer but i'm with you at this point and you know i've heard people talking about this we know what the defense is and we're not getting big picture yet but just a quick point now, with all the injuries, which we'll get into a little bit later on as we talk about the defense and everything, this this team is only going to beat people by outscoring them. 
Mm-hmm. And they're gonna beat people with. And honestly, the way your Big special team, baby, the way your special team is performing, you ain't gonna win with hidden yardage either. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna just be honest, right? And your yeah. defense with all the injuries, it ain't getting it, better. It's almost it, like with special it, teams, it's almost like your return game is so bad. Whatever good Bushevsky and Dicker are doing is exactly. getting canceled out because your return team is so bad. Exactly. exactly. So you just average there. That's not going to win you games. Your defense. Let's be honest. Yeah, your defense is going to be a liability because it's just it's too beat up. It's too beat up. It, it until you get healthy. I don't know if there's much that Tartalando can do other than simplifying things schematically, which is going to also make you exploitable in the Big Twelve. Right. All right. Let's be honest. Okay. So the offense, you got to score, baby. You got to do what Oklahoma did last couple of years. Say, all right, every every other phase of the game is not great. Mm-hmm. But we have something special and unique on this side of the ball. We got weapons, so we got to score. And to that point, I think you're right. I think we can't afford wasted reps. We can't afford, you know, what I mean, wasted opportunities for guys. Like I need, I need that, you know, that that uh, that route, you know, that's that that, uh, that corner route to go to Jake Smith instead of Cade Brewer because there's a bigger chance of the explosive play. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That we can score a touchdown instead of just getting a first down. Like that's how you got to start thinking because otherwise, you man, you could lose to a Baylor. Yeah, you can lose to Iowa State, and I said it on my show. Hell, you Roman, can lose two weeks from now to TCU. Exactly, you can get out. You end up getting because out I, ga- by Gary I guarantee Patterson. you, Gary Patterson's going to have a defensive game plan for whatever you're doing. So you better do something different. And Gary Patterson yeah. teams get better throughout the years, no yeah. matter how bad they start at the, at the beginning. And I, I mean, said this bad on, on offense, my show, but... Longhorn fans were only going to accept two losses and be kind about mm-hmm. it. OU and LSU. That's it. Everybody else, any other loss, they're not kind, they're uh, not gonna be kind. They're not being real kind about the OU. I know, loss. but they, I know, because it was ugly. But you know, it, we I understand. It's LSU. It's like yeah. you know what? They're yeah. they're powerhouses. They're a blue blood like there, us. There but, isn't a fire Tom Herman crowd. Yes, there you, might you be one. To, if you, yeah, you lose to a Baylor or to even TCU, there's gonna be people gonna start coming out like, yeah. you know what? I think well, this I guy's really... a joke. I don't even know if he's a real deal. You know what I mean? Like I, they gonna get those guys because. That's the only losses that are acceptable right yeah. now. Okay, so let's get back to the offense. No, but I, I just think it goes back to the fact that this offense didn't look prepared. They didn't have any counter punches, and it's almost like they just expected to smash OU in the they mouth did. and to have success. Throw and deep one, balls. Our guys will beat your guys. And right. once OU hit back, it, it, it felt like some of the games we've seen, how we've seen Oklahoma play in this game the last few years. Like when Texas punched Oklahoma in the mouth and they weren't ready for it and just spent the whole game trying to recover. Yep. Texas got punched in the mouth early and then spent the whole game trying to recover. This is my thing. You saw, okay, even this is a frustrating thing. In the Big 12 title game, we saw innovation from them, right? When they yes. had to play OU twice. And maybe they're saving it for the second time well, they no. play OU, which would be stupid. But remember, when they, they put they moved Colin Johnson around, they uh-huh. put they they, they motioned I mean, Keontae Ingram outside doing... of him. Yeah, and they put him inside in the slot. Mm-hmm. They had him run the seam route. Then they had him run that deep crossing route. And, you know, you saw them try to be a little bit innovative. I, I, the fact that I don't see any bunch formations out yeah. of this, this team, it, it, it's mind-blowing. In today's football, no no bunch formations? Did you they, see all, the inside joke that uh, Hurts brought the two Starbursts out to uh, Coach Riley for the press conference, and they ate two red Starbursts? No way. He said, they, when you watch Jalen Hurts come in, he comes in silently, hands a red Starburst to him, <laughs> he eats it, and he just says, nice. And then they go on. And I knew what exactly <laughs> they were doing. And they were taking a step at Texas but, for not being inventive I mean, on offense. Look at CeeDee Lamb. Yeah. Look at how they use him. He's moving around. He's a jet sweep guy. They got him doing uh, orb, orb motion. Orb, yeah. Man, they got him doing. Why, why, why even let a t- give a team a chance to single him uh, in terms of his 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 position, yep. give a chance to single him out within their defensive coverage. No, move him around and then put them in a conundrum. Put them in a situation where they gotta change the defensive integrity just to account for his movement. He then he can just be a distraction. Then he doesn't even have to actually get the ball. But when C.D. Lamb makes that move, the whole entire defense, I'm sure, is like, oh damn. 
Mm-hmm. You got to change. Somebody's yep. got to account for them. And when you don't account for them, what happened? Yeah. Touchdowns. Yeah. So I, the fact that they won't do that and they won't put Colin Johnson in motion or put him at a flex or put him at a minus split or put them in bunch formations to give them easier releases against corners and route concepts. That's why a lot of those sacks also coverage sacks. Yeah, and if because you look, guys weren't open. And Jake and bring, Jake Smith got open on the one he dropped, but damn, he was so open. Go back to it. What they? Uh, oh yeah, you talking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're right. And, and what? That was Jake Smith's fault because he's fighting a cornerback yeah, with one arm, and right. he was trying to go. And Brandon Eagles did the same thing. Ball, ball hit him in the face, d- d- dude. No, when it when 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 the when the ball is there, you got to quit fighting and yes. go up with yeah. two hands. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, go back, go to, back it. to it. I agree. And, and you don't have to go more deep balls, but I agree that deep slot that was a that was a nice one. Well, and yeah. while we're on the topic in the sacks, when you look at it, because it was the first time that you see Sam really just in standard down situations get so impacted. He was 10 for 18 but had six sacks and passing downs only three of them and you could yeah. see at times because he had been so protected. And real and quick, he has, Matt, real quick, yo, just reiterate, that's standard down situations. Yeah, that's not passing downs. downs. So not yeah. on passing downs. Passing downs, he was 16 of 20. That's like third and longs and stuff like yeah. that. Three sacks, but he was 10 of 18 for only 82 yards and was sacked six times. So you're talking about six sacks and then getting only 2.3 yards per attempt. And when you look at Sam mm. overall, he's yeah. had such great po- pocket presence because he's used to there being a pocket and there being it's time. True. And the thing was is it seemed as if at first, the first few sacks, there was a couple where it was just sort of surprised him that, oh, my God, the rush was here and took him down like the great play by Gallimore a few. But then you could tell it almost, say, got into the conscience of him or not into the conscience of the staff because you still had some long developing routes and things where Sam was trusting his linemen to give him a little bit of time and in those situations it was the norm was no longer the norm he was getting impacted and you didn't adjust and I was just thinking you know okay your line's not holding up All right, so what do you do All right, we gotta emphasize a quick game All right, how do we do that Okay, our our receivers gotta get open quickly how we do that you know what let's put them in a bunch let's put them in a bunch put them in a bunch Mm -hmm. and then we'll do starburst routes and then somebody's gonna clear open really quick and then once Oklahoma adjusts to that, then we can go deep off the starburst route. I mean, I didn't see any of that. I, right. They didn't. Very nobody, confined they didn't move in the our pocket. positions. You no, know, move the pocket. If if the if the pocket is collapsing quickly, let's move the pocket. Let's get him outside the pocket. Let's get him. You Something know, I Lincoln Riley that, does with right? every quarterback. Remember, remember, and you, oh man, I just I, it was it's just so frustrating that they never tried to do anything. They never helped out the players. The players, I agree. Trust me, and I'm speaking as a guy who wasn't ready to play in 2000, and I got my butt whipped at Texas OU. So I'm not judging anybody. Right. But the players weren't ready to. Play. We know that, right? The drop passes, right? Colin Johnson with the drop. You know what I mean? Like that's they weren't ready. Keontae Ingram. You early can point on. at a mistake you know I mean? by just, some most. Yeah, the old line. They just yeah. Some of your, your captains early on, Shaq. They weren't ready. All right, let's just throw that out there. Mm-hmm. And the captain ejected. Right. Yeah. So and you know your offensive line wasn't holding up. So you know I didn't understand why the coaches didn't make the some necessary adjustment. The only the only innovation I saw was putting Devin Duvernay in the backfield and that twenty one personnel. Well, we've look. seen that before. I know. But at least they went to it. <laughs> but that's a good point. I know. I know. It's a good that's point. the only thing I saw them try to do. I was like, well, uh, okay. What, what's okay. frustrating me is we've seen Tom Herman in big games at Texas and big games at Houston. We've seen him have something like, oh, wow, I haven't seen that before. Or, okay, Agreed. that's why they ran inside zone the whole game because they were setting that up to do this. Agreed. We didn't see that. No. And, look, this is a – I'll go back to the you know Lincoln Riley's often talked about the 2015 game against Texas where like Puna Ford and Hassan Ridgeway basically ate Oklahoma's offensive line alive and Malik Jefferson was probably the, it's probably the best game Malik Jefferson played in his time at Texas and Texas just dominated Oklahoma in a football game yeah kind of like this game but in the other way like yeah it was a 24-17 game but it felt like 24 to three because Texas was just that Whipping dominant them. the whole game yeah. 
And Lincoln Riley's often talked about that game for him being like, you know what, I got to change the way I'm doing stuff. I got to get more innovative. I got to make use of my running backs. And mm-hmm. we saw Lincoln Riley change. And yeah. we've seen Nick Saban say, you know what, instead of worrying about trying to stop these spread offenses, why don't I just start running spread myself? Yeah. Why don't I just do that? And mm-hmm. we've seen Ed Orgeron say, hmm. full disclosure, I don't like this offense, but I'd rather keep my job, so I'm going to hire Joe Brady to run this offense. Mm-hmm. This is one of those games, Rod, and Tom Herman's figuring out, like, yeah, you didn't get any, any questions about Kansas in the Monday press conference nobody because cares, nobody cares nobody because cares. you look that bad against Oklahoma. Yeah. And this fan base, to get back to your point originally, this fan base, not that they'll tolerate losses to Oklahoma, but that's the one – if you they lose a game, it. that's they the one that's like, it. okay, yeah. They understand it. Because Oklahoma at this yeah. point has won eight of the last 11 in this series. Yeah, yeah. They've had your number. And since 1971, Oklahoma's like, I think, 27, 20, and 3 in this series. So it's been a long time where Oklahoma's been really good against Texas. Yep. But the one thing this fan base won't tolerate is being embarrassed by Oklahoma. And by, by anybody. Right. By any pro, yeah. Especially Oklahoma. Especially Oklahoma. Because that's your one rivalry game now. You don't and, even have AM and, and at the, the way, end of the year I, I anymore. I don't think they were embarrassed. Yeah, and they weren't embarrassed this week. They weren't embarrassed. I would disagree they to an extent. They didn't play well, but no, I wouldn't say that was play. embarrassing. No, I don't think they were embarrassed. They were only, they, they, it was the margin of error, and you had a lot. They almost they beat they the top five team. It's just I like LSU. played I, 2000. I was embarrassed. So you can't put embarrassed in a seven-point loss with a, what did I Rod, but you give up. 40-something. Rod, but you give up nine sacks. You should feel some shame after that. It is. And that's the most well. That's common. Of the, the coaches not giving them a schematic advantage at all, by the way, right? Um, and that's a result of them not being ready to play. But they still didn't get blown out either because Oklahoma didn't take advantage of it, or because there were instances, just plays here and there, where they kept themselves in the game. Yeah, in 2000, framework. I can't remember a damn play we made. We didn't make a play. It was quicksand, dude. It was just it was a total. It was 35-0 like it, that. Exactly. Dude, the TV went out. It was so Every, ugly. You everybody, even watch everybody it. failed miserably except for like Casey Hampton. Okay. So we can I instead, of, instead of nitpicking about adjectives, know, can we right, can we right. just can we I just apologize. get to this? This was, is the this is the point I'm making. It was a failure. This is a Old game where failure. Tom Herman's got to decide. You know what? What I'm doing is fine, but against Oklahoma, I need to be better. Yep. I need in big games. I need to have more than just trusting my guys to go make plays. To your point, what we've been saying this whole time, Tom Herman has to realize I didn't put my guys offensively in good enough positions to make plays. I have to change things going forward to I better prepare them for big right. games. And Tom this Herman is, this is one of those moments. Too. Right. He said he it, it, he said it in a press yeah, conference. Yeah, he, he said it, it on Monday. Yeah. But saying it on Monday and actually making the change are two different things. Now, I agree with you on that. I, 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 we've been talking about it for a while, and not that the 11 personnel bothers me. But we, you need to be considering the weapons you have and considering you're a Greg Davis disciple, you do need to look at those weapons and go, all right, you know what, to put my best 11 guys on the field, I may need to tweak some things and I may need to dive into some different personnel packages. I'm with you. The 20, if you love Ken Tatum so much that you're not even willing to admit that Rashawn Johnson is already should be the starting running back. Because it's not a debate anymore. It's not a debate anymore. You're the no. only one that is not actually on the, oh, no, Rashawn Johnson should he be the starting running back. He just knows you might need two it. running backs at yeah. some point, so yeah. he doesn't want to jump off yeah. fully. No, and you're going to need them both, yeah. but you say it's a meritocracy. You keep talking about how everybody's got to earn everything, and it's a, okay, well, he's he's earned it, coach. I mean, he's, he's earned it. If you're going to stick with that philosophy and that ideology, then you got to show everybody that. And I think, you know, that's part of him being stubborn. He just doesn't want the media to be right. Well, that's something about, you know, he's still going to he, – he might end up starting Rashawn anyway. And who knows, yeah. he may not do it because of Keontae Ingram's fragile state, whatever. But one thing is he does not want the media to be right about Rojo and the fans to be right about Rojo. There's one thing coaches don't like. 
They don't like for the fans and the media to be right. Then they got to turn around and the tail wags the dog. And no, it also would mean that we, our team isn't as good because if you have just one running back instead of two, then that's a detriment. No, no, no. Like, I, just don't, yeah, I don't understand. But, but I think understand. while we're on the offense, I want to just point out one thing. Like the the confinement, like I, I really like the way that we've seen this offense uh, sort of evolve to a place where they have defined roles and you see that they actually can be used well in those roles. But also I think it's almost been confining as to sort of a preconceived idea of what you want your offense to be. And right now, as we're talking about this. It's made it predictable. It's exactly. It's made it predictable. It's confined it. Yeah. And then now you have these defined. And then also that you aren't really willing to change, which would be anti-Herman if you look at it philosophically from a football player. And the idea of not wanting to go 20 or to 10 or to go and make these little changes or like to take a guy out of his comfort zone in this role. It does make it to where like just go and change up and have a couple of those bunch routes like you say I know it isn't conventional what you do but the confinement within the framework of this offense can be something that might be holding it back at times and you know what you got to walk the fine line I think you know great coaches do break tendencies at the right time I've always said that we talked about the Super Bowl last year Patriots played more deep man defense than anybody else mm-hmm. in, in, in the NFL but in that game they played what 50-60% what zone in yep. that game uh, so they just broke tendency and the Rams never really could you know they could and grasp the, the game plan. They'd only and seen it like 10% of the time yeah, all then, season. Exactly. Then that then, then the 22 personnel, right? They run empty formation out of 22 personnel. And it only happened 11 times the entire season. Right. But the Patriots, the only way they were able to score a touchdown in that game and they were able to, uh, try to try to beat Wade Phillips in that defensive chess match. I don't see Tom Herman breaking tendon. We all we keep anticipating it. We, were right. talking about we keep we keep talking about it. it's going to be this. Maybe it's going to be that. Ooh, we're going to see this. And yeah, we've seen. That's Dubonet what we did on last week. Last week's show and every radio bit yeah. I did last week exactly. was guessing on what the counterpunch. And then my be. main yeah, fear exactly. was that Lincoln Riley was going to look at our offense and just be like, "All right, we'll stop that," and everything comes off the. X and you're and right. You're Lincoln thinking. Riley probably was a big part of breaking down that game plan and going, "Oh all right. man." They, this so is eliminate Duvernay and then everything else you know? is going to fall apart around it. And we've broken down the tendencies, right? That Duvernay, what, 40% of all of his targets are behind the line mm-hmm. of scrimmage, 60% within five yards of the line of scrimmage. They know that. They're going, right. well, hell, I know he's, a, I know he's got world-class speed, but he ain't using it to go downfield. So We are spreading the, the field let's just, with let's it. Just, let's just flat-foot read everything, and let's just pounce every damn time. He doesn't run double moves out of the slot. Imagine a double move out of the slot. Yeah. Imagine a, you know what I mean, either a slant and go or anything. Everybody would jump it on Duvernay mm-hmm. because he never runs right. a deep route. So you go, oh, he's jumping, and then you can go yeah. deep. I never see them break tendency anything like that. The bigger, the bigger thing for me, Rod. Well, there's two things. One on the on the pass protection issue, we talk about it all the time. What are the two ways you can combat pressure? You can keep more guys in the block and max, max protect, which yep. I didn't really see them do all that much, or. Get more guys out in a route and get the ball out quicker. LSU. Help your quarterback out. LSU. And that goes back to the staff. <laughs> you didn't do enough to help your guys out. You did. And that's the frustration for me watching this offense. I know Tom Herman's better than what that game plan of was. Of course he is. I know he's, I know he's better. Yeah. And I, my frustration comes from the standpoint that I still believe in this coaching staff. But getting back to what I talked about Matt earlier, yeah, Tom Herman can take the blame and say it's my fault. Okay, that's fine. You, you want to take the blame? Great. Good, good for you for doing that. Now go make the change. Now go make the change. Agreed. Go make the necessary change. So I, when you see I, him again, so hopefully you'll see him Because I guarantee you, however many people are in the house for that Kansas game, if they see the same game plan where you're basically 11 personnel 90% of the time and you're still throwing, it's a lot of perimeter screens, 
yeah, that stuff works and maybe it'll work against Kansas, but your focus right now for, for Tom Herman and his team should be everything you do. And this is – people talk about this, Texas back. I think they're back to this point, Rod. This goes back to your days. You talked about that offseason going into the 2001 season. Mm-hmm. Every rep, every bench press rep, every sprint, every part of spring ball, it was always about is what we did today good enough to beat Oklahoma. Agreed. That's this. That's where this program's mindset needs to be now. Texas has an Oklahoma problem. While everybody listen to this, while you've been slapping fighting with Aggies over who's better or not, all Oklahoma's been doing is winning the damn Big Twelve. That's it. Going Lincoln to college, been cranking out Heisman winners. Yeah. <laughs> Number one overall draft back to picks. back to back. <laughs> In terms of program, excuse my language if I sound coarse, but in terms of their tradition, Oklahoma's leaving your ass in the dust. No, Oklahoma's a better football program than Texas. So, That's so true. if 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 Tom Herman you know if sadly. Tom Herman sadly, wants true. to ascend to the upper echelon of coaches, not just in the country but in the history of this program, fix the Oklahoma problem, and that's got to be your mindset every day. So what we did today, good enough to beat Oklahoma. Because honestly, if it's good enough to beat Oklahoma, it's good enough to beat anybody else in the league. That should, yeah. If it's good enough to beat Oklahoma, it's good enough to beat Baylor or Iowa State or anybody that's left on the schedule. But to your point, though, if he doesn't fix the problem of you know being a little bit predictable now and maybe roles being too defined and not breaking tendency enough, not being innovative enough, uh, and now you, now we know that the offensive line is susceptible, right, to stunts and twists right. and all those things that now the, the exploitable areas within your offense and your blueprint, if you don't fix those, then TCU's got Gary Patterson, who's one of the best defensive minds in football. John Heacock at Iowa State, also one of the best defensive minds in college football. They, they, they'll, they'll expose you. And, and, and Matt, Matt Rule's seen you enough over and the Matt years. Rule, hell, Matt yeah. Rule's one of the best. Football minds, period, at any level, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. So you, that's saying there are there are enough really good coaches left on the schedule that will expose you. Yeah. I, I truly believe that's the case. I agree. So and, and real quick before we get to defense, I just want to talk about Sam Ellinger. Matt and I were talking about mm-hmm. Sam before uh, Rod. You got in here. Do you know the last two nine sack games this program's? Oh, I remember the Dama Kung Su mm-hmm. now. That was <laughs> the one I said. No local ever, ever forget that. I couldn't think of the other one. My one was like Cole McCoy around like a rag doll. <laughs> That was so sad. It was, it, that was it was so traumatizing it, for Logan. Craig Way was afraid for Colt McCoy. Right? Craig Way's <laughs> behind Rod right now. I just pointed at him. You could hear it in his voice that he felt like really afraid was, for no, his health because was. Colt McCoy was our hero. And he was just Colt McCoy. Lo- Colt McCoy lost the Heisman Trophy and Adama Kinsu <laughs> nearly won it in the same night. It was. I want me to laugh because it's not mm. funny. But man, you can I laugh because Texas won the game and ended up winning the Big Twelve. Colts last two games at I Texas just, are so sad. Thinking so of that and then his head oh, just getting a hit point. a drive later. Man, yeah, that, that and then the first drive. I just never have seen a defensive player have such a dominant performance. I mean, he was, he was throwing grown men around like, like ragdolls. Like three guys. I felt <laughs> Chris Hall had no chance. Chris I Hall's a bad. nice man. I felt bad for that. Exactly. Chris Hall was an all American that year. It's not like he was a scrub. No, he was a grown man. Yeah, he was a nice man. No, man. But you know the you know the other game. It's another game. Texas Texas fans like have like what is a Stockholm syndrome? Like they just put it out of their mind or whatever. I remember Travis, but that was different. That was a one man. But you know the other the other nine sack game. The other nine sack game. Oh, I don't know if I know. How about the ninety one Cotton Bowl against Miami? Oh, Punk Texas. Yeah. 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 Very yeah, that's the one Johnny Walker always talks about. Is that the one John, Yeah, Johnny that's Walker the one Johnny yeah. said they knew they lost it before kickoff when said, Miami ran right through them coming yeah. out of the tunnel. He said, I think he said some guys might have cried. Like, and oddly, Ed Orgeron was like, the <laughs> D-line coach of that team. He said, like, they came over to the bench and they told him, you were about to knock one of your – 
out. Yep. And then they learn. And they knocked Chris Samuels out on the opening they kickoff. They knocked him yep. out. They, they like. They, it's they, on they, the U. When you watch the U, yeah. it, they tell the and whole it, story. So yeah, they, they would knock him out, and they actually knocked him out. I was like, wow. He's like, Tolbert no man. Bain, I think was no, one. Yeah, Johnny Walker. You got to get. We got to get him on the teller. He says they. He said never. He had never seen anything like it. Yeah. And that Miami. He never seen fear like that in some of his. That Miami defensive front. And Russell Maryland, who was the freaking number one pick in the draft oh, that man. spring. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, those are the two nine-set games. And why do those <laughs> games, like, that Nebraska, like, I went back and looked at Nebraska in 2009. You realize they beat Oklahoma that year? Who's the number one defense in the country? You realize they beat Oklahoma that year 10-3 with yeah. 180 yards of total offense? I think it was the number one defense yeah. in the country. Nebraska yeah. won a football game in the Big 12 with 180 yards of total offense and they because, beat your, us. because your defense was that Hell good. Oh yeah, man, that defense was nasty. I think you had Prince, I of, say Prince of Mukamara on the back end. I want to say it was five or six mm. NFL players Jared on that Crick, day. Yeah. Yep. Was that Levante, line, was Levante that, David on that yeah, defense? Yeah, I believe Levante was mm. on there. Yeah. That was nasty though. <laughs> yeah, was NFL, nasty. NFL freaking NFL players at every level. Yeah. But that you know that 91 Cotton Bowl got out of hand and you look at the turnovers in the game and Colt had turnovers in the Big 12 championship mm-hmm. game. And people might want to knock Sam Ellinger and I know we just went through the numbers they weren't good. If it wasn't for Sam Ellinger, you probably lose this game like 41-10. Yeah. Him and Rochelle and him and Rojo. Because um, Sam yeah. Ellinger didn't turn the ball over. And I know people are like, well, what's wrong with Sam? Has he got a shoulder injury? He's got a rib injury? No. He's reacting how any quarterback would react if he got sacked nine times and had pressure in his face all We've day. We've seen Tom Brady turn from, 14 times. from Superman into Clark Kent because of pressure. So, it, yeah. That's, it's a, that's exactly what Matt and I said. Like, look, yeah. I've seen Joe Montana get rattled yeah. by pressure in his face. Yeah, We've seen Tom Manning Brady yeah. lose Brady Super Bowls exactly. because, pressure because, because of pressure in his face. One was under pressure and one wasn't under pressure. Yeah, I, I think it's hard to judge his performance in the game because of the amount of pressure. Yeah. Like you talk about a historic amount of pressure he was put under, but – um, yeah, I mean, you waited for that moment where Sam, too, and I think he tried his best to put the team on his back, even with the drops by the receivers. There were three. And yeah, he had some some of the balls, man, were just – Great they, balls. They were great balls. Perfect. I mean, it really could have changed the whole dynamic of the game. The Brennan Eagles one was a beautiful ball. The yep, Jake Smith one was around the, the money. Johnson's the Colin Johnson. I mean, there were so many. They were like, it could have – you never know what it could have did for the confidence of him and the players and – you know, I you know so and I to think the Sam did as much as he could, yeah. man. especially on he some of those much I mean, sacks that he's almost evading. Yeah, a, he did as much as he could. And we sack. talked about the game plan being a bad game plan. The opening script was terrible. I I just yeah. don't think anybody around him helped him out. So to ask him, and I I was still waiting on him to do the you know the Tim Tebow thing or you know what I mean just the VY mm. thing and put the team on his back and make some miraculous play. It was asking a lot, considering how that, that would that would have been demeaning and belittling the performance of Oklahoma. Oklahoma played real good to the point where not even Sam uh, could 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 be, become a Superman in that yeah, moment. I think and you put it best. That was sorry, Jeff. No, but, no. Uh, it, it was the onside kick. It's twice that we've seen that, even though. Texas played bad. You had a chance to get the ball and a chance to win for Sam in both those games. I haven't seen onside kick recovered. There hasn't been one in the NFL all season, and it nearly has happened twice with Texas. Tag up, man. Cameron Dicker's got that thing down. Yeah, it's amazing seeing what he's doing with it. But we haven't got either of them. But it's still been quite impressive. Oh, he's giving you a chance to get both. Dicker's uh, Dicker 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 did his thing. Yep. And then on Sam though rushing, when you take out the sacks yards, it's Sam Ellinger fourteen rushes for forty four yards, but you look at the nine sacks, and it makes you have negative t- nine, 23 for negative nine yards. It, it, Sam as a rusher was irrelevant. Also, it made him irrelevant, too, because of all the sacks and yeah. the sack, all the hidden yardage they Yeah, lost. to your point, Rod, it's hard to judge the performance. You almost have to give it an incomplete because I don't you know. really can't. Yeah. I don't know what he would have done if they if somebody would have caught one or two of those five like, drops. Or Again, Matt, Matt and I were talking yeah, about this earlier. The yeah. one Colin Johnson drop. 
Sam saves that drive because he scrambles for like 11 yards on third and nine. It was. And, and, and yeah. gives you I a new set that. of downs. Oh, yeah. 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 Deep in the territory. By the way, I think Texas started their average starting field position is like at their, at their 19 yep. throughout the game. And I think, garbage, I think in the first three quarters, it was like at their 16 or something. They improved a little bit on it. 18.8, and yeah. then OU started every drive at the average 37.3. 30. Yeah. They so. all basically started close to midfield You're talking about drive, dub- more, more than, like, you're doubling. <laughs> We're at 18 yeah. and a half. Double that, it's 37.6. Yeah, They're man. at 37. And, and I think if, if Tom Herman's if Tom Herman's really mad about anything after this game, I know there's a lot of stuff on his list to check off. Of but, course. You know, as, as kind of an Urban Meyer disciple, and I know Joe, Joe Klatt talked about it in the broadcast, but I've heard Tom Herman give clinics where he's talking about the things he learned from Urban Meyer. And damn near near the top of the list is you have to win field position yeah. like that is the most urban that is the surefire way like he did ha- yeah and the post game he talked yep. about yeah like yeah. and so field position, like field position yeah. field position i, I know that's Long near tom herman's list and you it was like i said earlier well, bill what, snyder was big on that too. whatever yeah. whatever advantage bushevsky and dicker gave give you? you your return team's Shot themselves in the foot and just blew yeah. that all to hell. Devin Duvernay, and it's interesting they, the captains, Devin Duvernay, uh, making those types of decisions. And we've seen mm-hmm. now bad decisions uh, in a few games, whether it be on punt return or kickoff return, mm-hmm. by some of the captains. So obviously, Tom Herman and I, I you know, I'm not speaking whether well, what what I know. I'm just saying as an observer. They're not spending enough time at practice on special teams. It's just that simple. Or the you results got aren't beating them home. Well, what? what, what Something's something, amiss. Matt, when we had our we had our three punch block versus North Carolina State, Mac Brown put in like three more yeah. uh, in periods of special teams just to make sure they you can't hey, lose a game because of one no, thing, dude. So I whatever it is, Tom, you got to get that together, and, man. And Rod, you guys had talent, but that's why for a decade, a under decade Matt, after Texas that, was one of the best kicking games in the country. Yeah, you got to correct that. But in fall, like in fall camp, Mac would have like. A kick scrimmage, like you have a scrimmage, like on a oh. random like Tuesday afternoon, or it's an hour of nothing but special teams. No, we became, <laughs> the culture of special teams changed uh, like almost overnight at Texas. And I remember when Coach Akina came in, added a new element because Coach Akina was like, "We're putting the best the athletes posse. on special teams. We got the posse. I want the best." I remember one of he would like go recruit wide receivers, and basically we would just—I mean, he would literally the best athletes on the team would play special teams. They start to build that culture. So I mean I I know Tom Herman's got his own right. blueprint for it, but you gotta do something. I remember right now, special times is not an advantage. It's I remember one advantage. of my first years on the beat, and I had Rod B. I had to ask you about this. Like one of my sources gave me a practice schedule, and I see like there's like two days during camp where it's like afternoon kick scrimmage. I'm like, oh, man. kick scrimmage. Yeah. And you're like, no, they really go out there for like 90 minutes and they run through every single kicking game. Unit. Everything. Everybody knows exactly what off, to do. Kickoff return, yeah. punt, punt return, Boom. PAT. You know what situation you should be doing this yeah. when you shouldn't touch the ball, when you should go get the ball. What He's over rules. Like field goal block, your missed field goal return. Go over rules of special teams. Like, no, no, no. This is the rule. This is what works. Oh, you can go out of bounds here, but you can't go out of bounds. And I'm like, oh, okay. And you would learn. And you'd be surprised how many coaches never actually go over the rules of you know special teams and what you can do and what you can't do. Like even the Devin Duvernay, the the drop, right? The yeah. fair catch, mm-hmm. tries to catch, it drops, and then, and then he realizes after he returns, it's like, oh no, I can't do that. Like, no, no, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Simple rule. Yeah, just, I'm just, but. Not, but I'm just saying the guy, they just, maybe they don't know, or maybe they're just having, you know, brain you have to, But farts, sometimes whatever. you have to be reminded of them. Exactly. Reminded like of NFL so maybe players you need to have somebody on the sideline no who, who reminds these guys situationally, yep. hey, hey, situation, hey, hey, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know what? 
saying, exactly. hey, it's like, don't go after this punk. We're not, we're going to let this punk go, to, go out there and fake him out, but don't touch this punk, whatever. That's Maybe. why you have all those notes. Yeah, like, exactly. You have to have those reminders. To ha- yeah. It's not as if you have. Because like, they're failing at that right now. you got yeah. captains failing at it. It's only human so to forget a thing from time to of time, course. but that's why the reminder there, yeah. that's the coaching aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's. It goes back to just preparedness, and, and exactly. I, I, that's exactly I, right. I just expect more from Tom like Herman. You said initially uh, he, they were ill prepared. He's Tom, Tom Herman and this staff are better than this because I've seen them be better than they were on Saturday, and then they've been at times this year. Um, but we've hammered the offense enough. We talked about special teams, Rod. Let's talk about the defense. How that's almost easier to talk about because <laughs> yeah, the that's problems easy. are just smack yeah. you right in the face. Get my notes. Um, in. lost a few more players. Uh, let's, yeah, let's let's start with the injuries. Let's yeah, let's start, start with the injuries because that'll lead us into everything else. Uh, right? Jeffrey McCulloch, who had been taken out of the lineup anyway, except for certain situations, and I don't mean to demean him. He's a tremendous young man, um, and his I, I didn't think he's been terrible this year. Um, but Juwan Mitchell was getting dislocated more. shoulder. He's gonna be out for a few weeks. Juwan Mitchell's got an elbow. Sounds like he's gonna play against Kansas, but probably won't practice much if at all this week. Yeah. Uh, you've got Chris Brown fractured forearm. He's out for. Probably six weeks, so probably maybe the Big Twelve Championship game. If you get there, you get him back. Definitely, yeah. That's on top of Caden Stern still being out. On top of still Josh Thompson being out and Jalen Green still being out. Yep. Uh, Man, you got a mash unit on the back end right now, Rod B. And I guess I guess we'll start with missed tackles. Yeah. Um, I actually have an article up on the site that anybody that's seen it talking about the missed tackles and players talking about missed tackles. Brandon Jones saying they need to take better advantage of Tuesdays in their full pad of practice. And Tom Ehrman even said in the press conference on Monday, yeah, they have been slacking on the physicality a little bit because they've been so beat up. I know. I was going to say, what are you going to do? You can't be physical in practice. It's damned if you do, damned if you don't Yeah. at that point. Um, And then Joseph Osai said, well, maybe, you know, he, he himself and everybody else maybe need to work on some tackling drills. I don't know. Rod, I think the, the wow. there's some stuff that's compounding the issues. I think, number one, you do have the injury, so you don't – like, Caden Stern's probably your best tackler on the back end. Yeah. You don't have him right mm-hmm. now. And Josh Thompson, is he one of your best 11? I think that's debatable. He's in that conversation, but at least he's a guy that you can trust to be in the right place. He's a the significant right the right contributor, time. as uh, my man Matt would put there. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, going back to our <laughs> exactly. bust rate statistics. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon Jones, good time. So I think the injuries are definitely compounding some things. No question about it. But – their technique in open field tackling is not good. And we've seen yeah. Todd Orlando defenses be really good well. open field we tackling defenses. We complimented that. I remember as, as early as well, 2017, we were talking about how the USC game, like they they were in the USC game in large part because of open field tackling. Yeah. With Holton Hill and Deshaun Elliott. Yeah, I don't think, I want to say in the Texas Georgia game, I counted like seven missed tackles. I'll go yeah. back and, and track it. Hell, the Iowa State game last year was it, one of those. It was games. eight. It was just eight in the Iowa State game. This, I remember that yeah. one. It was this just year eight. was a bit of a surprise once we started to see some. Like, I know that we were at least expecting the team to be one of the strengths is just being, I mean, the back being end sound. tackle. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got, they do. yeah. but as, as you point out, the injuries. I mean, you've, yeah. lost, you've lost starters for stretches. I mean, you've lost B.J. Foster for a stretch. You lost Caden Stearns for a stretch. Jalen Green for a stretch. Now put inexperience now, in space. Yeah, that's... Josh Thompson now, Chris Brown. In, I mean, that's four to five starters and significant tributes in the secondary yeah. alone that you've lost for stretches. And now the linebackers, you're going to lose Jeffrey McCulloch for a stretch. I mean, the truth is injuries might be the biggest reason why we've seen the, the tackling deteriorate in the back end because the, the secondary is where it's been the right. most but glaring. I'll, yeah. I'll say this too, Rod. 
you can have personnel deficiencies and you can have experience deficiencies, and Texas certainly at this point has both, both of those. Yeah. But everybody says this is my favorite word on the podcast, but <laughs> you can also have game plans like we talked about on offense where guys aren't being put in the best positions to succeed, and that can compound your problem. Very true. Uh, I totally agree. Yeah, when you go up against the best dual-threat quarterback in the country and you don't have a spy. That's absurd. Uh, at all. That's, that's absurd. That's, We've talked about, like, you can't spy the – yeah. You can't spy the it's whole game because a guy like IQ. Yeah, that's that's yeah. You can't yeah. You can't do it every game. But I didn't see or every honestly, down. But you didn't, I didn't see it at all. I don't. I think I maybe won, and I think maybe Juwan Mitchell got caught up in some maybe trash. Maybe by the somewhere. third or fourth maybe, quarter, but, but they I, didn't do it early at all. On, you would have thought that would have been the first thing you do. Is just well, and you, you want see. everybody understands that Jalen Hurts is as a runner is at his most dangerous when he's running. He's outside the pocket. So you would think initially you'd be like, no, no. We want even BJ Foster when he was talking trash, and we'll get into the trash talk too. He said they're going to have to beat us throwing the ball. I assume that means Jalen Hurts was going to be in the pocket with a spy on him, and then you're going to force him either to extend the play mm-hmm. or basically to stay in the pocket to beat you. And no, on some third and longs, they would just let they. It was like part. I mean, the, the, I the mean, Jalen Hurts like just, the red scene. He would just go okay. He saw I'll that. Take on, this, that I'll take the first down. Exactly. The entire time he's sitting there and just assessing the defense. And if he sees any void, he's just going to take it immediately. And he identified and just took it. And Texas defense was giving it to him constantly. Because the whole point was take away his first read, make him go through progressions in the pocket, what he's not good at doing, which is what they did in the red zone very well, and forced him to making bad decisions. Yeah, and yet, and, and you would s- let him look at his first his first read, look maybe look at his second and go, and then let him just have free space to run. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. As, I don't get it. That, that didn't make sense. Well, familiar he knew look, they had vertical routes and he had plenty of space. We we all, whether it's Rodby, you as a player, and even you know you were still following this program when you were in the league, and Matt and you and I as, as fans at the time, and me being in the media watching it, we all got real familiar during Vince Young's time here with how how do you defend a dual threat quarterback? Like what do you take away? Yeah, how do? You? And Tom Herman said one of the things they wanted to do they wanted to play man to take away the pop passes and some of the double moves. Understood. Understand. But how often did we hear? Did we see from Vince Young playing man is probably the worst thing you can do when yeah. you're facing you a dual threat you quarterback. You got to do it with a spy because everybody's back is turned to the quarterback. Exactly. Yeah. Well, once I'm in man, I can't, I can't, I can't have two eye. I can't, you know, I can't have my eyes in two places at once. So but they I, just play man coverage straight up, right? Play man with no fine. spy. Then the quarterback needs a man too. Yeah. yeah. Whole thing. If you and you didn't man, do that. That's cool. But give the quarterback a man, especially as a dual threat. What you? So I, I'm with you. I understood the whole thing about man, but I'm mad at Tom Herman for not going well. J- you need to put a man on Jalen Hurts. Who's going to be our man on Jalen Hurts then? I think yep. I don't want to boil it down this, this to this rudimentary level, but it's almost like if you look at the offensive staff and the defensive staff, it's almost like the offensive staff didn't think enough about what they needed to do, and the defensive staff way overthought things. Like we need to take away this and this. No. First off, take away the running quarterback that gained 131 yards on you. Like, take away what he does well. That's why I love Todd Orlando's game plan against Oklahoma State, which, by the way, for the Oklahoma State game, you still had had Jalen Green and Caden Stearns and Josh Thompson and all these other guys. But I digress. But Todd Orlando decided in that Oklahoma State game, what did he decide? Tylen Wallace is not going to beat us. Mm. They were going to take away Tylen Wallace. Wallace. And if Chuba Hubbard's going to run for a lot of yards – He's going to need 40 carries to get it because we're going to be aggressive against the run. We're going to take away the run. So basically, what are we going to leave him with? If Spencer Sanders can beat us throwing the ball in verticals, great. We've got to take away something. It's like in this game, they just – I don't know what they were trying to take away. 
I, they, they were trying to take away the people without the ball, preventing the guys from getting the say, ball yeah. without neg- totally to- negating the guy with the ball the whole time because that's the default of a dual threat quarterback. He already has it. He's a weapon. I think initially, yeah, exactly. And we know Todd Orlando, his modus operandi initially, he wants to take away the run. And when he can't take away the run, he wants to take away the run, number one, and make you one-dimensional. That's just the top priority. Number two, he, once he makes you one-dimensional, then he wants to pressure the quarterback. And then number three, force turnovers. When he can't stop the run, which he did not do successfully versus Oklahoma, his blueprint, his blueprint d- disintegrates. The most ever given up by a Todd Orlando defense. Yeah, it, it, it disintegrates. And I've seen this happen with him before. Once he can't do that, then he has really no counter. His counter usually is, I'll wait till I get in the red zone. I'll bend hmm. but don't break. Just get in the red zone. And, then I, and he does. He plays actually really good yeah. red zone. Deep because we it did makes sense. this game. Against Lincoln Riley, a man who's trying to create space with mm-hmm. all of these different concepts, with the, the jet sweep motions and the bunch formations and everything, he's creating space where there is no space. When the space shrinks considerably – that's when it's that's when it's easier to defend a Lincoln Riley offense. You can't run the defenders. You can't run. Out of yeah, the box I don't have to defend the deep ball that's and all that kind of stuff. Can yeah, just run underneath so it. So for Tarlando, I think what what really killed him in the game, honestly, is number one. I think his game plan was flawed because dude, just have a spy. And like you said, he he tried to take away like the the deep ball and try to take away all the deep explosive plays. All the things that could happen with the ball. Yes, instead, instead of, of taking away the, the, ball the run. Is. That's what they do better. He should he would have been better just selling out to stop the run and then just saying, you know what, I'll take my chance with my corners because the truth is Anthony Cook might have had the best game on defense of any defender. And I didn't think Deshaun Jameson was terrible. He wasn't. Like, he was like good. The, the, two, was, the, the one area of the defense <laughs> we, we were worried about, about they actually played, considering circumstances, pretty well. So I was like – I think he should just sold out to stop the run and said, "Screw it, you know what? Beat me, go beat my, go beat my young corners." If Ceedee Lamb's going to beat, beat you, if CD Lamb's going to beat you anyway, make him beat you at least where your corners have a chance to go make a play. What's your best cover man anyway? You know what I mean? Now it worked Lamb against was any kinda, conventional offense yeah. from thirty years ago, but so, you're about three decades yeah. too late. So I agree one. with your initial assessment. He almost it was always overthinking. It's like, no, dude, you stop the run. That's what you do all the time. And then once you stop the run and make them one dimensional. You did it against Georgia last year. I'm sure you know, I know you can do it against them too. I mean, you can do it. I know you can do it. And he didn't do that. And then the whole damn thing disintegrated. And then let's be honest. I don't know if any game plan works when you miss 21 tackles. And I was being conservative when yeah. I counted the number. I'll give you the number really quickly because I well, I said well, now no, I counted. Lehman hurts I, alone. You had can like Rod. You don't have to break. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pro Football Focus said, and Joe, uh, my man Jeff told me this the other night. Uh, C.D. Lamb, I believe, had seven. Seven And hurts had six. Um, Rod, you don't have to go into it, but I broke it down on the website. Like you texted me like what you consider a missed tackle and I don't we don't have time to get into it here but yeah. you can go read my missed tackles article on the website because yeah I broke down how Rod B tracks missed tackles and yeah contact yeah yeah and some well, no 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 because some of them didn't or make nearly, contact or run out of bounds say, like yeah. CD along the because some of them like BJ Foster it, along the sideline the CD the CD Lamb the CD Lamb uh, picture that everybody's seen with five defenders around him yeah. because Brandon Jones shows Versailles uh BJ Foster Chris Brown and Oh, Deshaun Jameson, I think, the is there, secondary. too. <laughs> All um, I only count that as three missed tackles because two of the guys actually tackled him, and B.J. Foster let him do a crab tree to the sideline. He let him literally run around him mm-hmm. somehow, even when his Pull hips. Pull tree, that's Yeah, I was like, how did he get? So that was only, I got three missed tackles. I didn't count five, I only counted three. Because yeah. you have to, to me, you basically got to either try On to tackle the play, guy, make an effort, still... or you got to basically, the guy has to run right by you without you engaged with a blocker. Right. And on the other one was CeeDee Lamb scores, 
Two guys, I believe, actually contact him. Brandon Jones and Chris uh, Brown. Yeah, and then Deshaun Jameson, I, I don't know, he just takes a bad angle. angle. So that was two missed tackles. So I, it's really, I, you know, I was very conservative in the way I counted them, but that's just kind of where I start in terms of missed tackles. Yeah, and, and that's, a, that's a very subjective stat, by the way, just I, so you know. Uh, there's a, there's some per- and I don't want to disparage players, right? Uh, no, no, no. I don't get into that, but I do think you're putting. We talk about on offense, putting your guys in the best position to succeed. I'm sorry, in the Big Twelve, you can have Deli Adeyaway on the field, and, and, or you can have Jawan Mitchell on the field. Right in this league against some of these offenses, you can't play both those guys at the same time. Yeah, that's true. No, that's a good point. Like I, I would like to see like Joseph Osai is clearly shown he's your best linebacker. Yeah. And maybe he's too valuable to where you, you can't put him in one spot the whole game. But this is like we talked about with Caden Stearns last year. Okay, so move him around. Yeah, you need to move. You Do should be moving him around. Him. Yeah, he should be on the line. Yeah, I don't know why. Put him inside well, for a series. You're, you're letting Lick and Riley dictate where you where your best player goes. Yeah. And that's, that should never be the case. That, you never let Lick and Riley dictate and that's that the, Joseph Asai is going to be dropping back in coverage. He's like, that's exactly op- That's the opposite of how Todd Orlando exactly. played that yeah. He yeah. weaponizes yeah. his defense, so then yeah. they become offensive and attack yeah. the offense. Right now, like you just said, it was at the point that you had Lincoln Riley yeah. dictating the terms and making your defense like, defensive. There was one, like, the, the, the two things that stood out to me in terms of putting your three things that stood out to me in terms of putting your guys in bad positions. I saw one time Delia Dayaway trying to get the edge on Kennedy Brooks, trying to stop him around the end. I'm like, that ain't going to work. Because, yeah, it worked when you had Gary Johnson there. Exactly. Delia Dayaway's not Gary. It goes back to, like, my Cade Brewer-Andrew Beck thing. Delia Dayaway's not Gary Johnson. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Exactly. But, but the defense Put him in a position be, where he can be yeah. successful. It it's not put be, him in a position to be successful. It needs to be calibrated appropriately. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There was one series where I saw B.J. Foster ends up in a single high look, and he's 30 that. yards off the ball. I saw that. Why should B.J. Foster ever be playing 30 yards off the ball? Your best blitzer, arguably, and he's playing 30 yards off the if ball. If you want to flip him and Brandon Jones and put B.J. Foster up in the box and Brandon Jones deep, that's fun, actually. Probably in that game yep. where you need your – you're, I'd rather have my guy who's playing Oklahoma for the fifth time, seeing Lincoln Riley's offense for the fourth time or whatever it is. I'd rather have that guy playing in the middle of the field yeah. where he can communicate with people. Yeah. But I, but I, I digress on that end. And then the other one was there was one time, and I realized certain things are going to happen in coverage, but there's one time where more often than not I see Chris Brown like covering guys one-on-one, and I see him chasing Charleston Rambo. I'm like – any Why defensive game plan where you ever have Chris Brown chasing Charleston Rambo, it's a, it's a bad call. The guy should be in the box. Get rid of it. It's, you, it's like yeah. those times where I saw, like, I think the West Virginia game in 2012 where against Geno Smith, like, Manny Diaz has Alex Okafor dropping, like, 10 yards down the hash. I'm like, any call you have that calls for Alex Okafor to drop 10 yards down the hash, scrap it. It's a bad call. call. Get rid <laughs> of it. I don't care what, how you good you think it is. Get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree with you. And that's why a lot of Riley people are saying that's, well, that's kind of what we're saying to Tom Herman. We're not going to get back to that. Yep. but. Terrence, Full Herman, circle. No, we get get their linebacker to chasing Jake Smith somehow. Yes, you know that's what, I mean? that's what, what you want. That's <laughs> the goal. That's the goal, right? Yes. Uh, football is chess with grown yes. with grown grown men. And when you have um, but, Duvernay and Jake but that's Smith. why a lot of people were out of position is because I think maybe they're not being weaponized properly within the defense too. And he's and, and Todd Orlando's mm-hmm. not doing a good job of, of uh, yeah because of the injuries of being able to morph this defense and change this defense into something that can match. Maximize the different abilities. He's trying to. He's basically being too confined to. Oh, this is the way I did in 2017. And usually, he's not mm-hmm. that kind of guy, right? Um, but I think it's a lot of injuries, though, man. So he's now he's so deep, you know, in trying the to offense evaluate to those guys. This game and um, it wasn't but able to. Here's my missed that. Uh, my tackle on missed that. Uh, my my missed tackle stat. 
Uh, I conservatively counted 21 missed tackles for Texas versus OU as a result of those missed tackles. 195 additional yards, seven additional first downs, two additional touchdowns. Texas now, by the way, and they went into that game leading all of college football in missed tackles. I don't know what that stat is now. It's got to be way through the roof now. They're averaging 15 missed tackles against Power 5 teams, uh, more than 15, actually. And you said game. 195 yards off those. If you look at the stats, it's about out gained by 201. It's about the difference right there. There you go. They were, that's a great point. I never thought about that. And that's like, what, 30, what, 38, 39% of their total yeah, yards? Yeah, this is the adjusted it, box score, which is a little yeah. different. But, yeah, 5'11 to 3'10 yeah. is the count I have. If you just cut that in half, yeah. there you go. That's a whole football but, field. Rod, I think the wow. inability to stop the run, that to me is the game in a nutshell because if you look at the point in time where Texas had a chance, you know, it's late in the game, it's, what, 20, 27, 20 after Sam Ellinger scores, mm-hmm. and you know you pin them back deep, they got to go from the from the minus twenty five, and you got plenty of time. And you say, okay, you get a stop here, and he'll get the ball back. You got a chance to maybe send it into overtime, or maybe go win it. And yep. what do they do? Kennedy Brooks goes for forty two on the first play of the drive. Mm-hmm. Yep, I remember that. Like, that it, and that's why, like, that as good as good as the defense, the the good things brutal. they did. They almost don't matter because you were – it's like we talk about with the kicking game. Whatever good you did was overshadowed because the bad stuff you did negated the so, good stuff. And it was so mm-hmm. glaring. It was so bad. Yes, you played well in the red zone, but that almost doesn't matter because you were so bad everywhere else. I agree with that. Yeah, unfortunately. That's and, just the way it goes, man. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, even the turnovers, we talked about that. Todd Orlando, mm-hmm. his defense is built around getting turnovers. And even for all the bad the defense did, I thought the game plan was – you know, it might have been an arrogant game plan. Yeah, I, basically, you can call it luck, and you can call it him just being a skilled uh, play caller in the red zone. But if you get if, if Deshaun Jameson gets that other turnover, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. I I think I know it sounds crazy, but that's how impactful those turnovers were. You still had it. They were only ten, what ten points at halftime, twenty points going into the fourth quarter. And that's how I – mean, if you would have got a third one, I, it probably could have changed everything for Texas again. And that's why Todd Orlando's defenses are undefeated, 18-0. It's, it's a 17-10 game at that point, right, Matt? Uh, I'm not sure the exact score. I think it was a one-score I think so, deficit. I, I think they end up getting a field one goal score out of des- it. deficit. Yeah. So yeah, you know what I mean? I think it could – just the momentum again. You yeah. know what I mean? They were just huge. I don't even remember if we scored off those turnovers, like directly off of them. Did we? I don't think we did. The first one, I know they didn't. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't sure. think they scored the second one either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was saying. They, they pretty much are wasted anyway, but they kept them off the scoreboard, you know what I mean, yeah. and kept it a game. So it's turnovers just... are big, man. It's a cheat code. You can do it. Yeah, but when you're that bad everywhere else, I mean, and look, <clears throat> there's a couple things I want to discuss. We're going to go long on this show, and I really don't care at this point. Um, <laughs> Still a little bit. Long. Sorry. There's there's a there's a couple things though on Todd Orlando Rod, and, and I know people are like, well, fire the guy. I'm not all for firing the guy, like because he's <laughs> who's saying that? Well, some Matt, people are. Some I'm people just are saying. saying no, some people are saying or that, that it's not going to work. It's I, I don't. Yeah, they're not going to fire there. Todd Orlando. Yeah, now, not and I know like the stats aren't good. Like they're on pace for the to have the worst defense in school history in terms of total yards allowed yeah. and passing yards allowed. Yeah, it's not good. Also so, played the best two offenses in college. Right, football. but exactly, it's it is what it is. The the this is gonna sound stupid, so bear with me. The the <laughs> yards allowed don't really bother me. Yeah, that's smart. It's modern football. It's what bothers me is the fact that we're six games into the season and we've got defensive players talking about we need to take better advantage of tackling periods in practice mm-hmm. and tech tackling technique is bad. Yeah, and you're not putting guys in the right position. 
you're basically not taking a look at your personnel and figuring out, okay, what can I do really well? And I know we go back to 17, and I know you had Puna Ford in the middle, and it was real easy to game plan. Like when you know you've got, you don't have to worry about that. But Rod, I go and, and yeah, he had a few weeks to prepare for Missouri. Mm-hmm. But we talk about all the injuries in that Texas Bowl game. No Deshaun Elliott. Holton Hill suspended. Oh, yeah. Malik Jefferson's injured. Like all the stuff that went wrong, mm-hmm. and you still put together a really good plan and figured, okay, uh, like you may, you basically got the best out of Antoine Davis. Like you had how many defensive coordinators that couldn't figure Antoine out what to Davis, do with Antoine Davis? Jason you got the Hall. best out of him. You got the best out of Jason Hall. Mm-hmm. Like you got the best out of all these different guys. And I'm not saying that the 2019 defense will be an elite defense, but like I said, there's no reason why Chris Brown should ever be chasing around a guy like Charleston Rambo. Yeah. There's no reason why you should be counting on Delia Dayaway to do the same things Gary Johnson did. I think for Todd Orlando, does he have to simplify some things? Yeah, because clearly something's not right. But, And like you said, Rob, that does make you susceptible to being exposed. Mm-hmm. But I would almost rather you be simple. Like Go back to like the Greg Robinson era, right, in 2013. Mm-hmm. Like there were, there were areas where that defense still got exposed. Yeah. But they got good at doing like a couple of things. Yeah, pretty much. That's to me. That's the that's the challenge for Todd Orlando. Take your personnel and figure out. Okay, with this personnel, what's one thing you can get really good at doing? It's like we're having the same conversation. Like I remember talking about like Sean Watson offensively. Like figure out one thing you can do really well. Maybe it's a concept or a play like something. There's got to be something you can do really well. Agree with that. And build off that. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Uh, and I can't tell you what this defense is really good at right now. <laughs> I can't either. And what they hang their hat on. Uh, that, but I'm but, not making seven figures a year to figure yeah, that out. Yeah, but even he Tom is. Harmon said the same thing you said. Tom Harmon said, I would rather be fast, aggressive, um, and confident uh, and be simplistic rather than be complex and guys, you know, a little slow to react and guys thinking too much. So I, I think with the young personnel that you have to yeah, make exactly. sense. Yeah, exactly. And with, yeah, with all the injuries. So I think they will simplify things. Um, and I don't know if that would mean just playing man. Usually the most simplest thing to do is just play man. Have me play man. You can't play man against everybody, so maybe find one man concept that you're real comfortable with and find one you know zone concept or two that you're real comfortable with, and I agree with you and just kind of go with it and see if the guys can perfect it, see if they can get better at it. And obviously, uh, game plan-wise, you'll, you'll tweak things here. Maybe you'll put some deception in here, a pre-snap look with a post-snap, you know, shell look, whatever. You might yeah. do, do some things like that, but for the most part, I mean, his defenses have been – not only they've been complex, but – I think they have been um, – they've gotten guys out of position. Like the guys don't seem like they can they can easily um, uh, 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 impact the game from whichever way he's using them. And we know we got good players, but you only have a few impact guys. Even like, you know, our, you know Brandon Jones, I think it's his move – moving him to nickel was a smart move. You know what I mean? So he's made some he's smart a good moves. Coverage. He's a good coverage. Yeah, so I think – and, and we didn't really know that, but he saw that. So Tyrolando can do this. Oh, yeah, I just don't the way, know why what they – we've seen with uh, Joseph yeah. Asai, nobody expected Those, exactly. anything at the beginning so, of the year. He's the best piece yeah. of the defense now. So I know he can do it. I just don't know it uh, with all the injuries how he's going to go about it. Like what's the, what's the plan? This goes back to the, the overriding theme we've talked about, and that's the challenge for this staff. We know they can make these changes. Will they make these changes? Tyrolando will. I think he, I I have faith in Todd Orlando. I've been saying that. For I, a while. I have faith in Tom Herman. Like yeah, I, I just I do too. This this staff is better than the plans we saw on Saturday. That is true. Tom Herman worries me a little bit with the Rojo thing because I remember when Charlie Strong didn't want to start mm, Deontay, Deontay Foreman. Yeah, and I was like, eh. 
Uh, it's a little stubborn for being stubborn for no reason. You know what I mean? Like just acknowledge that he's the, the better player. The only thing that I see in this weird. that I agree with you because Ro- it, it looks like just performance wise for sure. But the idea that I don't think that he would be the hundred percent snapback. There's almost no hundred percent. No, of snapback. course not. So in that theory, if we understand that Keontae is going to have to be a part of it, I think sort of like a starter in the NBA or Ginobili and like Lou Williams, a six man, like those Agreed. type of guys. It the label. I think carries more headline clout than the actual performance. So I think if there is any fragility, I don't even know if there is in Keontae's mind or anything. This may just be that stabilizing no, force. That, I'm that's sure the only thing I see. What sure it's it done. What it's done for me is basically got me to the point where I say, okay, basically your running back situation. The best you can hope for it this year is that you you get what you had last year with Watson and Ingram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I think you have two guys and you need both of those guys. It's just yeah. weird that a starter usually is like an achievement thing. It's like an award for being, yeah, being the best player and producing and production. It's just strange like that 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 does, that's not the case here. It's just weird. And I think we all but know it's why. Like it's like because team no, no, I think it's because well, it's because they don't want Keontae Ingram to check out. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm almost a hundred percent positive that's think, what it is. I think, I think otherwise they think he checks out, and then with Bijan coming in and other prospects coming in, that's that's a chance he not only checks out but checks out through the portal. The one well, thing we, the, the future, one thing we can definitively I mean? say about running back is, we know it. At, yeah, we know at this point, at this time, Keontae Ingram is not a championship caliber back, and I don't say that to demean him. I'm just saying a championship caliber back is like a Cedric Benson, where I know. Oh, I don't know if we have that of, on campus. Well, but I'm saying, yeah. like the this is what I'm going to get from him every week. I know what I'm going to get. From oh, the consistency yeah. in the baseline. No, you don't have that. Yeah. Ro- Rojo probably has more of that than he does, yeah. and I don't think Rojo necessarily. Yeah, has Deontay to get Foreman got to that level. Where, okay, Deont- yeah, I you know, do. I know what I'm going to get from him yeah, every true. week. Yeah, Jamal yeah. Charles got to that point. I know what I'm going to get I from him every not. week. Yeah, good point. He's not yeah. there. We don't Keontae have a back like that just no, yet. You don't have one of those guys yeah. right now. Yeah, and you, you're still. But at least Rojo's got two two games back to back, which we haven't gotten out of Keontae. and he's done it with less time and less experience. At that position, and, and he's a true freshman. It means his rate of development is quicker. And all and those one, and one of those games for Rojo was the freaking Oklahoma game. I know. Yeah, let's not forget that. Good point. Yeah. Let's not forget that. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm Look, you. man. If you can be on, if you can go on the field with LSU and in the OU game, and, and he did. You don't flinch. He didn't. Probably got something about you. I agree. Yeah. Got some dog in him. Obviously, we're not going to spend a ton of time talking about Kansas because oh, Kansas. Why, why do we need to? Uh, oh. No grass for less miles to chew at DKR unless he wants to gnaw on some of the turf. <laughs> um, there's one interesting thing about Kansas, though, right? It is oh, Puka. Puka well, worries me. Mm-hmm. Puka, yeah. Puka, Puka should, should worry you. With our linebackers hurt, and all those hurt as guys we got hurt in the secondary, and we're leading the country in missed tackles, i seen Puka run on Oklahoma. Yeah. Puka. We should be worried about Puka. Here's the other. Here's, here's, <laughs> very good. Here's He's another really adjustment good. I like to see defensively. I guess I want to see more movement up front. Um, I well, yeah, I, I think we should. What do you mean, like guys, guys like moving around like Oklahoma did, like pre-snap movement for no, the no. I gotta see more slanting, more stemming, more. Oh, you yeah. mean like the loops and the twists yeah. and the stunts? Yes, because you're that. athletic enough to do that. Yeah, we don't we don't do a lot of that up front either. Like I, I, I just thought like. That's a good point. Again, I go back to 2017. Yeah, you could beat teams straight up when you had Puna Ford playing over the ball. Yeah. Well, even when uh, Charles Amenahu, as a straight-up pass rusher, 
we seeing in the NFL and then 2017 now. Oh, yeah. You had natural, both those guys. The same yeah, line. he's a natural pass rusher, right? Had right. another strip sack. So, Changed the game. Yeah, you had some guys who, and we pointed like, out, you don't have any natural guys, pass rushers. Help your guys out. Yeah, you don't have help any organic out. pass rusher. We love Malcolm Rose, but he's not a pass rusher. Taquan Graham's not a pass rusher, and even Kendrick Coburn is a he's youngster. He's still a rusher freshman. He's still like, a rusher freshman. Still... So yeah, so your front, there are three types of pressure: organic pressure, there's simulated pressure. Uh, and then I think there's like actual manufactured pressure where you're blitzing guys. Mm-hmm. Texas has to always have manufactured pressure because they never get it organically with their D line. And I don't see us very often. I think you can get the simulated pressure too, but usually when simulated pressure is basically you're still bringing three or four guys, but you make it look like you're bringing six, seven guys. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But they never know where the pressure's coming from, that simulated pressure. And I think with Talk- the injuries, you've got a linebacker and safety right now. I don't you can't, think you, you can't can, do that because you you'll be that. out of position too yeah. much. So right now, yeah, I don't think you, Tarlando does is do, you know, Manufactured pressure, and everybody knows. <laughs> and that. all those guys are out too. And all those guys are out too. Ones. So pressure is going to be hard to come by against any quarterback in in the Big Twelve. That's trouble. With, Even with, against with, Kansas, with so many safety, yeah, with so many safeties out in your linebacker situation. Like we said, Jawan Mitchell, if he plays, he's probably not going to practice much if at all this week. And even though Malcolm Roach, you don't get into the second half, well, I would hope at this point you've seen enough of Bimage and Jacoby Jones to figure out, okay, we can at least count on this defensive line. Yeah, yeah. How can I help those guys be their best? I agree with that. And, and go with that. Yeah. But the interesting thing about Kansas, aside from Puka, and I do think Puka can have a big game I'm on, scared on of defense. Puka. I'm a little scared uh, of Puka. Because Puka didn't have a good game against Oklahoma. He still ran for 135, 137 on Oklahoma. I know. Uh Brent Deerman, their offensive coordinator, which Les Miles did a weird thing. He brought in Les Koenig, the former Texas assistant coach who's been an OC for a long time. Mm-hmm. He brings in – he, he kind of, I guess, to maybe oversee things, but, like, Brent Deerman's the guy that he wanted. Brent Deerman ran one of the best offenses in the country. It was at an NAIA level at Bethel College. But last year they averaged 55.5 points a game, wow. scored 92 in one game, 80 in another. And Brent Deerman's the guy that's authored a book – Kevin Flaherty actually has a really good story at 24-7 Sports wow. on uh, on Brent Deerman. Uh, the book is called The Evolution of the RPO. This guy's written a book about the RPO. About the RPO. Ooh. Okay. Um, okay. And this is Kansas coming off of a bye week. Okay. They've had a whole week to get whole ready. For, to they've get had ready an extra for week to get ready for Texas. This is a big game for them. I mean, if Les wants to get a big upset, this would be a great week to upset oh, and Texas. that's where his daughter went to school. Oh, so, uh, yeah. I'm not saying Kansas is going to win this game. No, but I'm telling but you. But this is a game where if Todd Orlando doesn't make those adjustments we talk about, they can move the football. I mean, that is uh, – I didn't I didn't realize that. That is uh, that's a little dangerous. Lots of RPOs and now linebackers, right? RPOs are going to be targeting linebackers and safeties most of the time. Putting those guys in conflict. Putting those guys in conflict. we got a lot of young guys. When that goes no, – no, I don't think – it's, again, mm. this is so weird to say. That's dangerous. Outside of Deshaun Jameson and Anthony Cook, I don't know if anybody on defense has any confidence right now. Um, at least you got Brandon Jones. You got you know you got Brandon yeah, Jones, B. Jones back there. Does, yeah. Um, and I, but, but overshown, I'm assuming it's going to be the other starting safety, correct? You don't have anybody. It's either him or Montrell Estelle. You it's don't have anybody else. I, I, well, and you know, know if you go, if, you know if you go lightning personnel, both those guys they are were lightning the in the Oklahoma game like four, like three or four times. Which wasn't enough. I mean, hell, yeah. uh, I saw. I wasn't saying. It's if great, you want to spy somebody, I mean, remember, why shouldn't your six four Overshone got one of the hits. I think over, this might be a game for Overshone. I think I'll put I'll put Overshone out there. But you're right. Why not? I, don't, I would why want not? to see him. Yeah, you got a tackling issue. That guy likes to tackle. Put him out there. You know, yeah. what I, mean? I want to see Overshone. I think he should be the starting safety opposite uh, Brandon Jones. I would take that. Maybe if, and Montreal still is going to play anyway. Yeah. Like you said, it doesn't matter. They got to play. They, they're so <laughs> short on bodies. They need guys to play. Hell, Tyler Owens showing up in the two deep now. Like you're, that's Should where be. you are on bodies. They're going to need him. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. 
Um, man, that that worries me a little bit about the RPO. I'm worried about Puka. Still, though, I think Texas defensively should just have enough talent overall. But man, I, I don't even know if there's a big, big, uh, you know, gap in terms of their talent advantage because of all the injuries. Well, and that's the issue because Puka <laughs> first, like we can admit, like he's the guy that could be one of the few Kansas guys that could be on the Texas roster. No, that's doubt. the level of player Agreed. he is. Then when you go and couple that in, that well, we're saying Texas really got beat up. On both lines of scrimmage, they weren't able to get a pass rush and weren't able to stop it. And if you look at Kansas, actually, what they do well, Clint and then what Bowen's Texas still there, the defensive, well. the defensive guy. Yes, I'm not, he oh, is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and you look at Texas overall, like our D line sack rate down to one tenth in the nation on passing <sighs> downs, 127th wow. in the nation. And then when you go across the board and look over at, uh, I guess it'd be on the defensive side of the ball, Texas ends up being, or on the offensive side, sack rates down. Below 95th, 101st, and 105th. So you're talking about going up against a team where you may not be able to get to their quarterback. They have a good run game. That is advantageous to their offense. And if they can get to your quarterback a little bit, that's how you can maybe force a turnover or two. So the recipe is the few things they do well don't match up well with Texas. And, and getting back to my point about the mm, line, Matt, scary. you can pull this up while I'm talking about it. Mm-hmm. I looked at the numbers for the Texas defensive line before the Oklahoma game. Mm-hmm. I think. I want to say, I don't remember what category it was. There was only one category, in, if you look at Football Outsiders Defensive mm-hmm. Line Analytics, where they were better than 50th in the country, and I think they were 47th. I want to say it might have been like uh, opportunity. opportunity. I think it was opportunity rate allowed. Yeah, 70th. So right now Texas is 52nd, in, I believe, in passing down line yards, and then 70th in opportunity rate allowed. But, yeah, you're talking between 52 and 70th yeah. in most of the uh, stats except for – Sack rate and passing down sack rate. That's one hundred tenth and one hundred twenty seventh. Yeah, your defensive line is one hundred twenty seventh in the country in passing down sack rate. Yes, yeah, bad. Well, we sort of knew that because yeah. of the way that Orlando builds his defense. In the way but it still has guys. never been this bad. It had yeah. always yeah. been up in the eighties. Well, because you know, it's not a, yeah. this bad. Yeah, you had, you had a, a couple, who you, exactly. I was say, you had a guy, a couple of guys that could at least get natural pass rush. Rada, oh, just Una. to just to plant this Una. seed in your head as you as you start thinking about Kansas prep, and I'll forward you this article so you can read it. Uh, this is Sam Castronova, who was Brent Deerman's quarterback at Bethel, talking about his, how they did everything. Uh, and this is, again, to Kevin Flaherty at 24-7 Sports, talking about how Brent Deerman views offense in terms of personnel packages. We were everywhere from empty to 21 personnel, and we did it in every game and did them, and we did all of them a game. I'd say our base was probably 11 with a tight end or an H-back, a guy who was a really good blocker but could also catch some passes if you need him to. We had a big boy who was 6'5", 270, but he was a tight end. So he could do both tight end and H-back last year, and that was nice to have, blah, blah, blah. But basically – they're going to be anything from 21 personnel to empty to whatever. Which is still, that's a lot of preparation for young guys who haven't gotten a lot of reps, a lot of uh, mental reps for those I know guys. I just yeah. butchered that reading it, sorry. It's mental strain. No, no. It's, it sounds like the kid from Billy Madison trying to read it. Today, Junior. Yeah. It's awful. No, no, man. That's a. I have a college degree hanging on my wall, for God's sakes, and I just butchered that. I thought you meant it was awful making fun of children. Yeah. That's got me. I mean, that's, that's that's a level. It should be a level of concern for Texas. I think ultimately it comes back to I don't know if this defense is going to be winning you games anymore. Tonight, and I don't know if this, this special teams unit is going to be winning you games anytime soon. The truth is, they may be liabilities. Honestly, considering the injuries you have, 
Um, so I think it's going to be on the offense and Tom Herman to Big get tough, better and get better quickly. Yeah, and they got to just start outscoring teams because if you're counting on the defense to go out there and make plays, I think they're going to be even a little vulnerable against Kansas. And I know that sounds crazy. It's like, oh man, that's crazy. Like, no, Puka Williams is a really good running back. Mm-hmm. They'll still have to stop the run and they'll have some. They'll take some shots. I know they will. They're, they're stupid if they don't. Yeah, exactly. And, and Texas and beat up. We try to get to the quarterback. Yeah. See what happens. I mean, the only guys, the only team that hasn't moved the ball on you in some way, shape, or form is Rice. Rice, exactly. That's a great. That's actually a really an even better point. <laughs> yeah, right. And because Rice wants to play 18th century football. <laughs> all right, with three fullbacks out there. So everybody else, they're a little bit more innovative and progressive. And you know, Jeff, how we just looked at the D line stuff, and Texas didn't have anything ranking in that top fifty or even near there. Yeah. You look at Kansas; they actually have on standard down sack rate, fifty sixth in the nation. They get some pressure. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's. I don't think Texas is going to lose, but I think Longhorn fans are going to be upset after this Kansas game. Some residual, you know, frustration from the Texas OU game, but yeah. I don't think they're going to get with because I know a lot of focus on the the defense. Um, but I don't know if the Texas fans are going to get any satisfaction out of Kansas. I think Matt, Kansas is going to play. I think Kansas will put points up. I think uh, Kansas will put points up. Yeah, Matt, what's the, the what's the line on this game right now? It's I saw moving it. towards Kansas. Uh, it opened at around 22-23, but it's 21.5 to 22 now. Okay, I saw it at 22. Um, yeah, over under at 61. And this is, like you were saying, Rod, this seems like the type of game where Kansas maybe offensively outperforms like Texas can still probably cover that I like that it's home and at yeah. seven o'clock it's not like one of those 11 a.m. games at Kansas and then though like for the fan satisfaction though if Kansas is moving the ball up and down the field the fans are going to be just as upset as you are right now and being frustrated I at know. the defense I, I just think the defense is hurting so they're going to be able to move the ball I'll say I this agree. I'll say this is my parting shot I know we've been kind of seems like we've been kind of doom and gloom on this podcast I know that's how it can come off but or we're homers. This is <laughs> right. This is one of those losses. Tom Herman's really figuring out. Like, yeah, nobody cares about Kansas this week because of how things went against Oklahoma. Yeah, and Tom Herman's figuring out. Like, okay, this is what the Texas job is all about. Like, what's the famous Daryl Roll quote? The best thing is about this job is that twenty million people care, and the worst thing about this job is that twenty million people care. Amen. This is kind of a fork in the road moment for Tom Herman and the staff in terms of okay. They know their best is good enough to beat anybody in the country. But Saturday, from a coaching staff standpoint, was not their best. Mm-mm, not even close. Are they willing to do what, like we said, Lincoln Riley and Nick Saban and Urban Meyer and Ed Orgeron have done and Jim Harbaugh to his detriment, as it turned out this year? <laughs> are they willing to swallow their pride and say, okay, what I've done, what I think was good enough, didn't work. I need to change some things. Um, I think Tom Herman's witness while all of his assistant coaches are on one-year deals. So I know he's willing to do that. Um, I just don't know. And I'm not saying that he's going to make a coaching change or anything like that. Right. But in terms of he knows, no, no, I always have to be willing to adapt and evolve. So I agree with you. I think it is. Uh, it could be like a crossroads for the program. You know, you don't want to go go down the wrong path. I think he brought this up, too. He said, if you're going, he said something about driving, right? If you're driving oh, down. Oh, I-35. I-35, right? Yeah, yeah, and you realize you're going the wrong way. You need to turn around and go the right way. You don't need to keep going the wrong way. Right? That's a really <laughs> mincy one. <laughs> yeah. That was the analogy he gave. But, I mean, to your point, yeah, I mean, this is it. This is the point where you go, well, you know what? This isn't good enough. You know, let me go hire Alex Critch. I actually found out that two years ago, Oklahoma hired Shane Beamer. 
Yeah. Uh, the, you know, the son of, of a Beamer ball. Oh, so wow. they could, uh, he's their special teams coach because they wanted, they thought their special teams wasn't good enough. Shane and Texas, Be- Texas might need a special teams coach. Shane Beamer's <laughs> name came up in a Texas coaching search. He did. I remember I this. I want to say it was one of Charlie when Charlie made some changes. I remember this because remember we talked about it, I believe. Maybe it was Charlie's initial staff. I don't remember. He, yeah, sure. he's come up before, but I remember I was like, man, we should try to get that guy. Yeah. Guy's great. I know Shane Beamer's name has come up in Texas. Yeah, in Texas but they, he works for Oklahoma and I, uh, last year they brought him on as their spe- special teams coach and something else. Yeah. But, yeah, they revamped things. I'm not saying Texas staff is not adequate and they won't get the job done, but, man, you got to be willing to evolve quickly because, like you said, Oklahoma is ahead of you right now, and they have been ahead of you as a say as overall program for a little while. And it's just time to think about closing that gap. You can't, you know, like that needs to be a good priority. The, with the exception yeah. of that four or five year window where you had Vince Young and Colt McCoy, they've been the better program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. You won four or five then, and they've won most of the other ones. Yeah, they've won fourteen. Uh, was it fourteen of the last twenty one? Yeah, but lately it's been, you know, the. And, and hopefully Lincoln Riley will be the next coach of the Dallas Cowboys. But lately with the, <laughs> the, the the two Heisman back-to-back winners and the number one overall picks, you know, it's even it's even they're getting even more random, you know, acknowledgement and people, you know, I, mm-hmm. I don't as a Longhorn fan, I know it ain't it's not good for 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 us on yeah, that no, side of the road. They're getting the glitz and the glamour. They're getting, they're getting cool now. Everybody, they're just, yeah, everybody thinks Oklahoma. Exactly. Yeah. We want to go to Oklahoma. Bears play offense. And Bob, you yeah, know, you're like no, 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 no. I don't like the way that's like working. A young, in a, hip, in an offensively, Riley. yeah, an offensively driven era. You know, they are known for having the best offense in college football year after year. I don't like the way that's working out. No. It's a bad narrative for Texas. But that I think that to me is kind of my overriding theme is that's where this program is at. Tom Herman's gotten this program back to, okay, you can compete week in and week out, and you should, with the talent you've got, the way you develop guys, everything else, you should be a 9-10 win team every year. Yeah, because Oklahoma yeah. is the only acceptable loss and whoever that big non-con is. And, yeah. But now you're talking about, he, he, he said it to the team, you're on the edge of elite, what are you going to do to push yourself over the edge? For Tom Herman, that should be waking up every day, what do I have to do today to be better than Lincoln Riley? I would like to see them because I hear about people doing. You know, we talked about how the Saints and Sean Payton. You know, they have their R and D department. Now everybody has a research and development department. All coaches do it. Man, I want him to start stealing more plays. I, I would always watch plays. I'm like, man, Texas should run that play. That would be a great play. Yeah. For you know, I never all see all Belichick does is steal. Stuff that's all like they do see. is steal. All, all the football is now is just stealing plays from the other guy. That's all. Everybody's stealing plays from Shanahan and stealing plays from Andy Reid. Stealing plays from. I mean. Go, I mean, I know we've stolen some stuff from good coaches. We've stolen some of Lincoln Riley stuff. Go steal mm-hmm. more stuff. No, I'm serious. Like, yeah. I, you look like you are stuck right now. Yeah, you know what I mean? Or like, right even on defense, like, I say, looks like what's got, stopping you, Tom? What's bothering you yeah, I think there? He's got, I think he's got play designers block. Like, I, I would like him to, to like, start expanding. I know the 11 personnel, you love it, but, hell, now even in the NFL right now, you know, teams are expanding. Right now, mm-hmm. if Sean McVay's getting his butt whipped because all he's running is 11 personnel, like, you got to – you know, once, yeah, people start figuring it out, man. They're yeah. really smart football guys. Like, give them, throw them more uh, information to process. Yeah. Exactly. You need to keep yeah. – like, every year or two, you're going to see, and we've seen it throughout football. I mean, every year there's some new wrinkle that's thrown yeah. in, and then it's incorporated. But then also, if you just beat the dead horse home, it can be stopped very quickly. And yeah. that's where just be keeping something fresh so you're unpredictable. It seems okay. simple, but it's might maybe complex. Like I said, I'm not I'm not down on the staff. I'm not no, I'm thinking not they're garbage or that they need – everybody needs to be fired. I, I'm a firm believer in Tom Herman, but now, like I said, you're – you're one of those points where it's like, okay, you, you, you've gotten to this point with what you do. Now it's time to change it up and 
take the next step and, and evolve the, a little bit. But the difficult thing is what he did. It, it, it I don't think it'll work like against the big rest of the Big Twelve, but it may. It may be good enough. Devin Duvernay, you know those screens and what you do may be good we enough to beat the rest of the Big Twelve. Kansas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, you know, maybe Iowa State is enough for them, and maybe it's enough to beat TCU. I don't know. But your point is, I think the best point is it wasn't enough to beat Oklahoma. So that's why that should be the goal. Yep. You know what I mean? You can beat everybody else, whatever, you know, your rudimentary, you know, kind of core principles. But when you play Oklahoma, you know you got to bring your A++ game every and time. And that's the frustrating thing, You Rod, didn't is bring it. That's what we saw in the Georgia game last year. We did. Well, I think On I, both sides. I think we saw a better game plan versus Oklahoma last year in the Big 12 title game in terms of creativity and innovation. I saw, yeah. I saw more wrinkles. I, I, there was nothing I saw in that game that, that we hadn't new. seen before. Yeah, exactly. Not one thing. I was like, man, so everything they watched on film is backed up? Oh, well, no wonder they whipped you like you stole something. Yeah. They That's were ready something for that may be a coming to Jesus moment. We aren't as good as we thought we were because it, it sounds like Tom thought we're going to go out there and thought, we're going to yeah, we got yeah, dudes point. and Sam's going to make plays. He's going to put the ball on them, which he sort of did in some points, and we just didn't make plays and yeah. it just didn't work out. Didn't Lil' Jordan Humphrey like – like run a touchdown in like last year the Texas OU game. Didn't I think he? he had one. I know he had the passing yeah. touchdown. I think he did have one. Right yeah, passing. Yeah. Okay, I didn't say they, there were they, wrinkles. They had wrinkles the, the the last two times we saw. It's like this time for some random reason he was like, no, we're gonna beat them straight up, and that was weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was strange because he's not like that. And that, to your point earlier, you made this was an uncharacteristic loss for Texas because they didn't they were ill prepared and they, they got pushed around got and Tom Herman teams it got punked they got deboed and Tom mm-hmm. Herman's teams never get punked even when they lose they don't get punked right and they got punked even like you go back to the TCU game his first year like yeah they lost 24-7 but it, there was a clear talent mismatch between the Texas offense and the TCU defense that day yeah I remember they that had Texas offense had no chance yeah with the Shane Bouchelle. And, 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 but their effort, their physicality helped kept them in the game. I Agreed. think that was, what, like a 10-7 game going into the fourth quarter? Yeah. No, you're right. No, I'm, I, that's why, yeah, I don't I don't get it. But I think they'll learn from it. No I, question. Yeah. And, and if they do, if they learn from it, then if they're fortunate enough to get Oklahoma again in the Big 12 championship game, I guarantee you we'll see a different game play out than the one we saw Saturday. Oklahoma will be better, too. <laughs> which is why Oklahoma will be better too. Which is why, which is why you gotta evolve. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Matt, thanks for everything, man. Hey, you're more than welcome. Rob B., appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother, anytime. For Matt, for Rod, for Travis, the best damn videographer in the podcast game for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn 1049, 1019, AM 1260, streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com, where you can get Rod B. on the Rodcast each and every weekday from 1 to 3. Shameless plug. Thank you guys so much for continuing to support the podcast. Don't forget to like us and leave us a review. That's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. And... <clears throat> anywhere you get your podcast, if I can talk right today. Mm-hmm. And thanks to Matt, you can get our archives and classic shows on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com. 
Yes Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus.